Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Collaboration Podcast. This is where you will find practical, easy-to-follow cosmic tools, ancient wisdoms, and energetic insights that will help you transform and create a true sense of fulfillment in life. Tune in each week as our astrologers, human design specialists, intuitive and wellness experts come together to dive deep into the energetics of the week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, the adventure with your spiritual chaperones begins now. All right, so just welcome firstly to the Cosmic Collaboration. Uh, this is a, a space where you're going to find practical, easy to use cosmic tools, ancient wisdoms, energetic insights, and that are going to help you transform and create a month that is truly fulfilling. So we're going to invite you to tune in each month to the astrologers, the intuitives, the wellness experts, uh, and to come into a deep dive the energetics of the month. Uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask, feel free to shoot them through to me or one of the panel um, through the back channel. The room is about an hour long and uh, we just go and deep dive. If there's any questions that you would like to come up and ask personally, or if you want to insight into something that's happening in your life or, or a tune in, we have an astrologer here. We have a wellness expert. We have intuitives. So, you know, we can really offer you something that, um, you know, will help shift your life, okay, or something happening in your life. But first, before we take the questions, what we're just going to do is, you know, just get a bit of information out there. So I'll start and then anybody with a question we can bring up and then we'll have another speaker and so on like that. So if you could just wait 10 minutes for me just to, to sort of set the tone of the room and then we'll bring up speakers and we'll have questions and all of that, okay. Great. So just to introduce you firstly to the people that are here, we have Sebastian. He's based in Turkey. And he's a Western and Hellenistic astrologer with a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy and an MFA in Creative Writing. And he has knowledge in rhythm theory and life cycle astrology as well, and cognitive, cognitive tools for effective transformation. Sebastian is also a poet, a very good one as well. Are you published yet, Sebastian? I think you've got something in the pipeline, right? I do, yes. Um, I've been submitting my manuscript to numerous awards, and um, but I have a bunch of work online, which uh, you can see through my website, actually, um, which is on my profile. So, yeah. Okay, great. Excellent. All right. So, cool. And so, uh, we also have here, we have Nicole, and Nicole is based in Switzerland, and she's an artist and intuitive and a crystal transmissionist who is the founder of new content events and a news-based website for all things spiritual called ally.vision and she was formerly in the business in corporate world and she's now full-time in all things high frequency including yoga classes online we also have Kelly Fletcher, who's based in Monaco, and her work is based in body compassion. She's a specialist and trained in nutritional psychology, uh, especially through Gabor Mate's compassionate inquiry approach, which is very famous. So, yeah, very well, um, very well regarded. Uh, um, with 20 years 
on stage as burlesque queen in modesty plays. She is in the alumnus of Las Vegas Burlesque Hall of Fame. So Kelly combines your experience of being on stage and in body compassion to give you really good insights as to nutrition and your health. And also we have Dear James, and he's based in LA. He's an intuitive and advice columnist a radio host, an author, and a consultant. And he provides really good intuitive insights, answers, and advice and to things that are happening in your life. And James also offers wellness tools, resources, and help with your life. And me, I'm based in Barcelona. I'm a Kabbalistic and karmic astrologer, a consciousness coach. I also do family constellations dream alchemy and meditation as long as as well as past life guide and I specialize in helping you bring you to your highest possible purpose and using particularly the 5,000 year old wisdom of Kabbalah and, and the Babylonians all right so let's get going so I'm just going to kick off with a, bit, a few insights from me then we'll take questions from the audience and we'll also get some insights from the other speakers as well just in the order that we see there on the screen so a few things that I want to give insights to is that Kabbalistically or karmically, we're obviously we just had a, a new moon um, on the end. And this brings us into the new moon of Capricorn. We're following uh, the lunar calendar here with this ancient astrology. So where you'll see in Western astrology, they're very much with the sun and very much with uh, a different cycle. Um, we are a little bit different. So we're coming more with us. We're coming more into the month of Capricorn. And what will happen in the Babylonian calendar is a, a very secret um, process where we actually have two Pisces. We have two nine times in every 17 years. And next year we'll have two loops of Pisces. And this is when we will see that astrologers and the, the, the karmics will align again. But, but Western, Western astrologers don't know about that or don't want to use it. So here we're with a very different calendar. And what we'll see in the astrology chart is actually the moon looping in twice in Pisces. So it's very, uh, very interesting. Okay, so then we'll realign. But at the moment, we're slightly out of, out of whack. But from our perspective, we're going into the month of Capricorn. What is Capricorn really about? Um, it's really interesting what the Kabbalists say about the month of Capricorn. Um, it's regarded as one of the three negative months. Um, this isn't to say that anything bad's going to happen. What do we mean by negative month? It means that um, it means that it's a little bit of a harder push. That when we go through the month of Capricorn, we're really in a bit more of a battle, if you like, uh, to maintain our connection to the spiritual world. Uh, the Kabbalists say that in the month of Capricorn, the material world or the physical world really has a little bit more energy. So we're really feeling, as we go into Capricorn, much more the heaviness of, of the, the physical world, the density more. Capricorns, as people, they're, they're very good with work. No? They're in job titles, earning money, making business. This is where they excel right? They're very much with this um, very good. Where they, as a Capricorn, where they're challenged is they get a little bit attached to the material world and they're often defining themselves based on the, the value system of the material world. So how much they earn, what their job title is. So as good as they are with it, they get a little bit attached. 
So as we go through the month of Capricorn, what we're really wanting to do is remember that our real value is something that is more internal than something that we get from the physical world. So here with the internal value, it's really not what we're receiving from the physical world, like what my job title is or what suburb I live in or how I just got that raise and all that. And they're very important and we want you to have them. But really what when we go back to the ancient wisdom about my value, it's really something internal that I share, right? What is it that I can share? That's what I'm a value. That's how I can contribute to my friends, to my family, to my community, and to my workplace. So we're really looking at internal aspects of self-value over this month. Now, interestingly, another planet, not the sign, but the planet that is related to you is Venus. And Venus is in Capricorn right now. So Venus rules the signs like Taurus, which are also very much with the financial systems and the and the earning and the working. Capricorn and Taurus are like cousins, right? So here we have the Venus um, worth and the Capricorn value, right? So we're really going to see in this month, we're really going to feel our worth and value. If we define it on the physical world, the Kabbalists say this is a deception. In fact, the, the word for Venus in Aramaic is Noga. Uh, and when you invert the letters, you get the word, uh, you get a different word. I think it's Gona or, or Ogna. I can't remember when you invert the letters of Noga. But this means deception. So really, here, when we're coming into the physical world and we're deciding that our value, our finances, our money, um, our job titles are, you know, really who we are, this is a, in the illusionary world, this is a deception. So what are we talking about here? Here, what we're saying is that the physical world is very illusionary, right? It's always moving. It's always changing. And there's nothing there that we can really hang our hat on. I mean, people who've had jobs one day and lost them the next. People who've had money one day, lost it the next or gained it. Or things come from randomly. So the physical world is not something we can really attach ourselves to, um, to determine our value or who we are as people right so here what we're doing is really what the exercise is in this month is to really come to a deeper understanding of who we are as people and what we can share what is our offering the material world is you know in spiritual and spirituality often gets mixed up as like you shouldn't have it's not the point right we want you know, the, the thing is, you should have, you, you should have as much as you can possibly handle. But to be attached to it, and to make it really mean something about who we are, is kind of a, it's a trap. You know, it's, a, it's, an, it's an illusion, or it's a deception. So we really want to have everything, but also remember that our internal value of what we're sharing really is much more of value in this world. Now, often the things that we share are not physical, right? If you look at what the best aspects of our of ourselves are, they're not physical aspects. So if you say what you know, what's the best thing about you, you might say you're very loving, or you're forgiving, or you're compassionate, or you're kind, right? And we can't buy those things. They're intangible things, right? So here, what we're looking for and understand 
is that the intangibles, often when we all boil down to it, have much greater value and we want them more. Often in workshops, I'll ask people, you know, what do you want more in your life? And they'll say, oh, fun or freedom or um, balance, harmony, love, all of these things. Again, the things when you boil it down to the things that people really want, they're intangible. And this is what spirituality is. It's energy. So we really are wanting to tap that world more. But the physical world in the Capricorn months will feel feel it. Capricorns are often working through um, guilt systems. This is a part of their tikkun is to give up on guilt, right? Because they, 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 they're counting all the time. They're ruled by Saturn. So this month is ruled by Saturn and Saturn is the sister planet to Earth in Kabbalistic astrology. And Saturn is the, the things that give us this, is that gives us the 3D reality. Saturn is also the Lord of Karma in Karmic astrology. So it's it's got a counting mechanism in it right so as capricorns they're always counting they're counting money counting time counting you know hours they're counting work they're counting a lot of things it's all with the abacus it's all like does everything add up and so they determine their value on all of these kind of three-dimensional realities as good as they are again we're connecting our value to those things so this is the work that Kabbalists are doing, uh, that, that Capricorns are doing, is coming out of that counting mechanism to not feel guilty about whether they earned it or didn't earn it, right? Everything is from the light. Everything is from the cosmos. So when we get busy with the, like, have I done it in my mental mind, we are out of the system because, you know, really the, the cosmic mind is, is the one that's determining our next level based on the internal change and internal sharing that I'm doing is what shifts reality, right? So this is very much the work of the month. And this is how we can turn one of the three negative months into one of the most positive. The internal element of, of Capricorn, it's an earth sign, but the internal element is water. And what we always understand from water is it's very healing and very spiritual. So inside the inside this Capricorn sort of physical energy is this water of mercy, kindness, compassion that we want to release out into the system and just come away slightly from a, a, the addictions that we can have to this physical world, to the counting that we and the and the kind of uh, importance that we often give to it and, and therefore lose an aspect of ourselves. So this is kind of the, the month. Just to come before I finish and take the question that's coming up, we are just coming off the back of two eclipses. And this first eclipse, which I explained in my own room um, the other day, was really about free will. And this second eclipse is really about healing to become successful. So this, sec this second eclipse had a lot of healing energy in it. In fact, today, you know, we're still in the eclipse energy because the eclipse energies go eight days after. So we had it on Saturday, it'll go through to Sunday. And in fact, today, Mars is going through a, a constellation in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, and this constellation is really about being able to draw down healing information. And Mars is about my desire or my will. So if we have a real desire or will to heal something in our physical body we can draw that information 
um, through a meditation or just by sitting and meditating on it can bring the coding, can bring that energy through. And if you don't, if you're physically well and you don't need it, you can do it also for a friend. But there's all sorts of energy right now that are dealing with healing to be successful. Venus is also trining, I think, or sextiling Jupiter, which is the success uh, aspect in the chart. When Venus uh, comes with Jupiter, we get great expansion, great financial systems, great wealth, great value. So again, but that is determined on my level of self-value and what I think I'm worth. So we have to know that. And finally, we have to know that for next year because next year is complete instability in the financial systems, government systems and institutions, uh, especially in the United States. They will be going through a very big karmic reset we see in the chart. And so we have to know our own self-value because we're going, all the world will be affected by that. And so we have to go out into the market, out into the, you know, business world, really understanding what we're worth and being able to stick that stick to that when the whole physical world is being um, detoxed. All right, I think we have a question um, and then we'll take it. Oh, we have a Capricorn here, not a question. Uh, December 25th, in fact. Uh, problem is I attach myself to people. That was a good reminder of me that, yes, that can also be where we draw value is what kinds of people we have around us um, helping us to determine our own value. So thank you for sharing that. It's a good reminder. Okay, so we have a great compassionate inquiry person who's going to help us with body compassion. And I think it's a great insight because there's so much healing available to us in from the eclipse and from the new moon and the energies that were sit there that was that were sitting there. So Kelly, if you would like to take the floor, I will show hand over Ooh, thank to you. you. Matt. That's so interesting listening to all those insights. And I'm actually really feeling that right now too. Uh, yeah, particularly because um, the energy for this month, as you said, in Capricorn um, is corresponding to the bodily parts of our bones and our teeth. So those really hard parts of ourselves. Um, <laughs> and um, if we tune into what that looks like, um, this idea of hardness in our lives, um, we come to thinking of all that is rigid. So we get into stubbornness and attached to things, um, concepts, rigid beliefs, uh, not wanting to let go of something that happened. You know, when we say, oh my God, they're like a dog with a bone. So um, all of those things that we can't let go of uh, physically and emotionally. Um, so that's what we're gonna be feeling and having a very heightened awareness um, or challenges around those aspects, uh, particularly this month. Um, also, um, some awareness around how this hardness could translate into being hard on ourselves and also um, our expectations of other people as well. So uh, I was just feeling into the last couple of days how, um, uh, uh, you know, this idea of what we don't let go of and we're hanging on to. and. What I felt most was the metaphor or the mirror for how that shows up in, in us and uh, physical manifestation of that is the idea and the sensation of heaviness. So heavy mood, heavy emotions. Um, it could even be, you know, physically we hang on to weight. We have stubborn weight that, that our bodies hang on to. 
And um, what's interesting, with really interesting, with a link with uh, heavy mood, is that depressed people uh, secrete high levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. And uh, apart from inhibiting the immune system, cortisol also has bone thinning actions. So an example, a good example of that is that depressed or stressed postmenopausal women tend to be more likely to have osteoporosis or hip fractures, for example. So, you know, that's this idea of bone thinning in action. So <clears throat> just to delve a little bit into this idea of heaviness of mood and emotion, uh, or, you know, when we say, you know, they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders, you know, we're really describing um, depressive uh, kind of moods. It, what is that? Well, it's the antithesis of lightness. It's the antithesis of moving energy. It's the opposite of that. So when we think of heaviness, we think of things that are stagnant. They're not moving. They're not evolving. They're not being shed or uh, shifted or transformed. So that's what I think is a good place to address this month, particularly the heaviness of the past. So I'm talking old wounds, toxic memories, you know, rigid ideas and conditioning, you know, rigid like the bones, as we said, you know, stuck in a story, the story keeps clunking on, you know, it's never changing, we're hanging on to it. And this toxic residue or this imprint from the past, so, you know, stuck perceptions, they have the, 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 the capacity to monopolize our attention. So if we don't seek some kind of energetic movement, and I'm thinking of, you know, in a bodily sense, when, uh, you know, we have lymph, it's not something that circulates around the body of its own accord. You know, it's there to push out toxins, but we have to get it moving. We have to physically move or massage it to actually push it around our body to get these toxins eliminated. Um, so... If I could find like a visual picture for those of you who think visually, I guess the most obvious mental metaphor would be luggage and baggage. You know, what are we carrying? What have we been carrying all our lives that's still coming up, you know, particularly, particularly this month? We can take inventory and bring awareness of it because there is no weight that is dead weight. These burdens and stories that we're carrying around with us, they form and become part of our attitudes, our beliefs, our behaviors on the daily, like showing up all the time. And we, come, we become accustomed to them because it, it, it's habitual. So we get a little blind to them, right? So we can bring awareness to that this month because that's the, the first step in the process of shifting stubborn weight, emotional weight physical weight. So I thought I would give you a few journaling questions um, just to kind of turn some lights on in there for the month ahead. So if you are in a place where you can grab a pen and a little bit of paper and just let whatever answers come up, um, let your intuition guide you. And again, don't be rigid and uh, rigid in your ideas or expectations of what might come up. Maybe your intuition has some surprises for you. So I'm going to go into the three questions and I just want you to picture that you're, the, the image I used was of a heavy suitcase. 
just imagine that you're carrying this heavy suitcase everywhere with you. You know, when it's really heavy and it's cutting into your hands and it's leaving marks in your fingers and you can feel the weight of this suitcase that you are dragging around and it's, you know, you've got one shoulder up, one shoulder down under the weight of this suitcase. My question to you is, what are the three heaviest things you are carrying everywhere? What are the three heaviest things that you are carrying? That could be people, places, things, situations, events, stories, labels. What are the three heaviest things? That might even be an old version of yourself that, you know, you just don't even feel it anymore, but you're, you're, you're still hanging on to these labels or a title or a job title, something you identify with. What are you carrying around? Okay, next question. I just want you to imagine that you've put the suitcase down on the floor and you, you know, you're rubbing your hand from the mark that it made and you know, shaking it off and going, whew, that was heavy. And you're feeling lighter already. My question to you is, who am I without this heaviness? Who am I without this heaviness? Could be one word, could be 10 words. Could be a paragraph. And when you've let whatever words need to come up, make themselves known. Now I just want you to picture yourself walking. You leave the suitcase where it is and you're walking forwards and you're feeling so light on your toes, full of energy, a little bit of breeze as you walk. Nimble, easy, freely, everything's light. Now I want you to ask yourself, how does my soul want me to serve myself and others in a different way right now? How does my soul want me to serve myself and others in a different way right now? Maybe there's new possibilities or reconnecting with someone. Maybe it's accessing your feelings, more joy, more rest, anything. Whatever comes up for you. And you can do these questions anytime. You can do them multiple times and your answers will change. So I'm just going to leave you with those. And... Keep in mind that as we shed those very rigid things that we create spaciousness, as we let the rigid, stagnant stuff go, and we create space and room for the new and the fresh to come in. And that's it from me, Matt. Great. So, um, oops, hang on, I've got to unmute myself. Sorry, I hadn't unmuted myself. So thank you, Kelly. I mean, that was just such a beautiful exercise to get us started in the month and the month of all of this heavier Capricorn energy that we're feeling just to really lighten up our souls and come back to that lighter flowing sort of energy of the soul and putting down the burdens, the guilt, the heaviness and all of that energy that can creep in in Capricorn. Thank you, Kelly. That was beautiful. Um, really, really like on the mark. And when I, I really loved how Kelly was really talking about bones because Capricorn, the energy of Capricorn, 
rules the bones and the teeth because it has that heavy material energy, that heavier burdensome feel, right? So they rule over that. And so we're coming into that colder, harder month and that colder, harder energy. And so it's to put down all the things that are heavy, like Kelly said. So if you missed her, what she said, um, when you came into the room late and you missed the journaling question she gave, they're really important to really helping you feel better and just get that lightness over this month. So the replay for Clubhouse is usually up 10 minutes after the room finishes. And also we are recording this for a podcast collaboration, which you can Google and in the next day or two will be up and you can find at our website called the cosmiccollaboration.com. So we're all over it. So if you want to go back and hear that session again, um, you can capture there. Okay, we have Sprinkle um, and she's got a question if you'd like to ask. Oh, for sure. That is absolutely for sure. In Kabbalistic and karmic astrology, the North Node represents your karmic destiny over your life. Right. So your North Node, um, if it was in Sagittarius, is that correct? Or where is or South Node's in your North Node's in Gemini and your South nodes okay cool so it's the other way around got it so this means that for sure you would have come up with a lot of past life issue so karmic and kabbalistically the south node because we're dealing with reincarnation where western astrology doesn't right karmic and kabbalistic astrology deals with reincarnation so therefore the south node becomes your past life not your early childhood okay so you will experience your past life issues again in your early childhood, but they're not from there. They're from a past life, right? So it's this way it makes more sense as to why am I having this childhood, right? Why have I got that? <laughs> because we experience the issues we need to address in a childhood from the past life, coming back to remind us what we're here to do. In Sagittarius, it's really a Sagittarius past life is really looking at what the negativity of a Sagittarius was, and you're moving towards the positivity of a Gemini over the course of your life. Now, if I tell you what it is, it means that it's not random. The universe doesn't have to come in and tell you what to do. You get to do it proactively. So what you're doing is you're releasing dogmas from your life. Sagittarius past life means that often we were too ideological, too dogmatic, too black and white, too one way, right? And very impetuous and very like quick to do all of this ideological thinking or dogmatic thinking or religiosity thinking of black and white ways. What it did is it, it, it didn't allow you a deeper understanding of human beings and to connect more. So over the course of your life, what you're gonna find is you're gonna go to a more greater ways of thinking, more not so black and white. And this is going to allow you in your spiritual work to connect to people and different people more. 
Okay, so if over the, the path, if over an eclipse period, right, which was particularly about free will, what you're where you're going to experience most of your free will is in looking at different options for yourself, not just the same old options, thinking in the same one or two ways. You're going to experience being able to see life in multi-dimensional or multi-optional, which is what Geminis do. Geminis see all of the possibilities in their thinking, whereas Sagittarius will only see this is right, this is wrong. And if it's not, it's if it's not my way, then I'm out of here, right? So this is what you were in the past life. Now with this North Node Gemini, you're coming back to be much more about different ways of thinking and viewing the world and people in it. And this is going to help you get deeper connections than you could have achieved in the past life. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the Gemini is also the only air placement I have. My, my North Node is the only air placement. Too. Yes. So, yeah, you're dealing much more with being able to connect much more people in many more ways, which is going to give you a deeper sense of self. That's kind of how you can do it. So get out, meet people, connect to people, try not to come out of, even if you're one way of thinking about how you walk your dog, for example, you might not have a dog, but I'm just giving an example. Like I only walk the dog this way and it's just stuck in one way. Look at areas of your life where you only think that something can be one way. And this will help you out of that South Node Sagittarius correction. All right. Thank you. Pleasure. And you as well. All right, let's move on to our next speaker. Let's go to one of the intuitives. James, would you like to take over and give us some of your intuit, more intuitive insights as to how the moon kicked off, you know, over the weekend, and what you feel coming for, for the month to come? Yes. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Matt. Um, so I was drawn to the fact of this time. Obviously, we're talking about the month of Capricorn. Um, and December, and that we're approaching the end of the year as well. Um, and so they gave me three hexagrams. They gave me the number 1212. So this boom, double boom. And I personally associate the number 12 with utopia. So this, and you were speaking about earlier about how what's internal about the Capricorn, uh, the hardness and, or the darkness is the water. And of course, life force, this utopia um, element. And so they gave me and they, they drew my attention to three hexagrams and it's the what, the how, and the why of this moment. And it fits in beautifully with what you and Kelly have been uh, discussing. The what is hexagram 24, it's the return. And so what's on offer to everyone in this moment is a return to self, soul source connection. Um, the unlayering, here's the, the beauty of Kelly talking about baggage. It's the unlayering of identities, the unlayering of the stories, the, the mistruths or the, the truths we tell ourselves and everything. So there's this really beautiful point of return. And, it's, and the hidden influence in return is to yield, it's to be receptive, which of course implies surrender. So there's this opportunity that in surrendering, you'll return to your soul source connection. You're going to return to the, the, the authenticity, the truth, the purity of yourself. And uh, there's a beautiful statement about progress is often marked by a slow return to original sincerity, this original purity. That then, so that is the what, 
The how is hexagram number 15, which is about authenticity, humility. So the how, how do we shed these layers, this baggage, these stories, these untruths or truths that we're telling ourselves, uh, the illusion, as you mentioned, Matt, how do we, how do we do that? We do it through authenticity, through humility, through grace, through being willing to see ourselves truthfully, not through the lens and the stories and the, uh, the missteps, if you will, that we tell ourselves or that we take, but it's about returning. It's about coming back to a central state of purity, of grace. And the inner or the hidden influence in authenticity and humility, hexagram 15, is liberation, untangle. So you can see that, well, what will that do? By returning and by utilizing humility and authenticity and grace, we liberate ourselves, we untangle ourselves, we unburden ourselves. And uh, the quote with this is, if you know no boundaries, you will discover no limitations. And then the final why, why would we do this at this moment, this time? Why would we pursue it at all? Um, and it's hexagram number 19, which is advance. The why is about advancing to a higher resonance, a higher state of being, a higher octave of yourself, utilizing your soul source connection, allowing it to lead, allowing the ego, the emotion, the personality um, to, to rest, to subside, you know, for the soul to say, we've got this. And so, and what, you know, no mistakes here. What's the hidden influence of hexagram number 19? Return. So you see that what's, we make a complete circle. We come full circle. You see the Trinity. There's a set of three here. You see how everything we need is built in. The beginning is in the end. The end is in the beginning. It's this beautiful continuation, this beautiful cycle. Um, and with the ultimate goal here for everyone, which is in the return back to source, back to self, the purity of self, is this beautiful quote. When you place yourself in a position to help another, you will discover your greater capabilities. So in essence, you will see beyond or through yourself. You will see that you are the custodian of this experience. You are the custodian of your stories, your, the people that you, the way you interact with people. And thereby, you will see that there's greater capabilities because you'll see through the illusion that's on the surface and you'll go to the direct heart of the matter. And this is, of course, where utopia lies. It's a higher octave. It's a higher opportunity, as you were speaking to, Matt. Um, and that's what I have to share with the collective. Thank you, James. Just unmuting myself for many places. So thank you for that. It's really, you know, one of the things that's interesting here, there are many things, but one of the things that just reminded me of is that as we go into Capricorn energy, Capricorns are very hierarchical, right? They're going to, it's ruled by a goat. And you kind of get this feeling that 
you know, this goat going up the mountain and it's just putting one foot in front of the other up this big mountain. And this is how they climb and this is how they feel they've got to earn and everything's a struggle, right? This is the world we live right now. <laughs> Capricorn energy, right? And the Capricorn energy is really interesting because it's falling to Aquarius energy, which is nothing about hierarchies. <laughs> it's a completely the opposite. Aquarius energy is like, let's not have any boxes. Let's not have any hierarchies. Let's not have anything structured or in a, you know, reliable pattern. And this is something I've got to climb and earn my way to some superficial, illusionary top place, whatever we choose that to be, right? Because the last 200 years have been dominated by your cycles, right? The, the Saturn-Jupiter combinations have always been in Earth signs. And so for the past 200 years, we've been going up mountains, goats going up mountains, literally, right? Earn this, buy that, get to your next level. Earn that, buy this, get to your next level. That's what life has been. Productivity, earthing, structures, finance, work, job title, very heavy, very burdensome. And we never get there because, you know, we got to work there. And, you know, I know lots of People who barely work and they have loads of money and do lots of things. So it doesn't work. <laughs> it's a stupid idea to think that that's how we get anywhere. I know loads of people who work very hard and, you know, bless them, are, are battling. So it's not a system. It's, it's illusionary. It's just an idea, right? And fall for it. This is the Capricorn illusion that we all fall for, the material thing that we all fell for, right? Now, last year, we had the Saturn-Jupiter combination in Aquarius, which will mean we'll have 200 years of Earth sign, which are uh, 200 years of air element, beg your pardon, 200 years of air element, which has nothing to do with Earth. It's all about how fast I can move, how flat the structures are. We don't even have structures. Everything's out of the box. All <laughs> the boxes are gone. Uh, it's everything to do with and you know give me the new the innovative the modernized uh, and all of that so what happened to the other structure we have 200 years ago what was happened with that why wasn't <laughs> it's gone right it doesn't work and as the years go on in these 200 year cycle we'll have forgotten all about it so we fall into this illusionary world all the time and really as james is saying is that it's this cycle of transformation of the inner soul is the only one that we can really ever depend on. That's the only consistent one. Because now we're going to have 200 years of air, which is all about technology, science, education. We'll be hit with AI is the new future. And this code is the new future. And this is the future. And this is what we're all being going to be told. That's just as illusionary because 100 years after that, we're going to go into a water cycle that's going to tell us our feelings and our emotions and our intuition and who we truly are is really important. So we all fall for it over and over and over again, right? So really, like, it's such an important message that, that, that this is sharing that what we're being told, it may be good for you, you may love it, you may enjoy it, I want it all for you, but really at the end of the day, <laughs> it's all immutable, it's all changeable, it's all going to be new systems, and then we'll get new ones after that so really to tune into yourself and what's really important to you to navigate your life from your own values from your own senses of navigation and from your own soul will always be the best way okay let's go to sebastian um sebastian is an astrologer also he's going to share some insights that he sees in the chart thank you 
Hello. Um, perfect. This all aligns again with everything I have to say. Um, and I'm mainly going to talk about Sagittarius, actually, um, because, you know, in the Western scheme of things, we are still kind of there. And, um, you know, the Sun, Mercury are there and Mars is going to move there soon. Um, but first, just a few thoughts on Capricorn, um, you know, while they're fresh. Um, so the problem with Capricorn is rigidity and this inability to move in those deeper ways, to thaw and to shed. Um, and you see this if you look at the symbol for Capricorn. You see that the goat has the tail of a fish or a mermaid, right? Um, and I think this makes it the most mystical of the signs, actually, um, in terms of its symbolism. So there's a connection to the element of water and the, and the spiritual. Um, but, you know, how does this goat relate to, you know, this, this creature that loves the mountains and that loves climbing heights and is so ambitious? Um, how does it relate to the water, sort of slower realm, the deeper realm, more emotional realm of water? And that's really the conundrum the question with um, Capricorn. And if it does that, and if in this time we do that, um, then we can focus so much better on um, those more material ambitions and we can do them with more playfulness, with more um, equanimity, um, you know, from sort of a softer place, more relaxed place. Because another problem with uh, Capricorn is, you know, um, the inability to, to validate oneself outside of what you do. So, you know, if I'm not good at X, Y, Z, if I don't do X, Y, Z, you know, um, I'm, I'm no good, you know? Um, so it really helps Capricorn to um, meditate, to, you know, to work with uh, crystals. Um, I know a poet, um, who who does that? You know, you can. They're called C. A. Conrad. So if you want to look up uh, their crystal meditations and exercises um, and guided uh, sort of somatic exercises with crystals and, and other things, um, uh, it's it's really a wonderful way to access that side of yourself. And this is also very strong for my generation, um, so the millennials, because we have a lot of um, external planets in Capricorn. So, you know, the generations, you know, saddled with student debts, you know, working um, from their parents' home, et cetera, et cetera. It's really good to find these ways of um, moving out of uh, the sort of imposed layers of responsibility, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so, one thing we have that's uh, very strong right now in the chart is Venus conjuncting Pluto and Capricorn. And this brings out um, fears around relationships, but particularly romantic relationships. And with that sex style from fiery Mars, it can be easy to act on them or to say something that could come up, come across a bit aggressive that we don't mean, et cetera. So it's good to be careful about this and to dig into the reasons why we might feel heavy or be ruminating or be stuck in the past. 
um, Venus and Capricorn uh, can display a more repressed, but I would say ultimately earthy and steady energy around love. Um, so with a Pluto conjunction, it's a great time for introspection and understanding what we bring into the relationship, you know, out of past trauma, insecurity, fear. Um, and Pluto is very much about cleaning out um, what isn't, you know, quote unquote real, what isn't absolutely true and vital to something that's going on in this reality. So it purges the unnecessary, you know, what's been there out of habit or, you know, for surface reasons. Um, and it wants to go deep, you know, and find um, how something works. The flip side of that is that it can become obsessive. So a good reminder now is to notice when we're dwelling too much on something or someone that has hurt us, something past, you know, that has been said, done, um, you know, with people, friends, family members, lovers, you know, and also possibly people with whom, you know, in the past we drew certain boundaries, you know, for important reasons. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important to catch whatever repetitive or willful thinking uh, might arise, you know, and pull us back to this more obsessive ruminating place, right? And those thoughts that say, you know, I, I know it's this way, I know it was that way, it should have been that way, you know, um, or, you know, it was so right, or I was so right in that argument, etc. You know, we're just kind of guided to gently sit with the stuff. Um, cry it out, run it out, bite it out, um, you know, and sort of accept that some past work can feel challenged. Yeah. So um, it's a good time to be mindful of that. And, you know, also to remember that any time we dip back in the work we do, it's just sort of like a, a lovely progressive spiral process. Yes, there's new insight that comes from that. You know, it's never a regression. Um, so you know, to see, see that um, as, a, as a positive, something that'll propel us forward with more information, more insight. Um, and it's also a good time, I think, to distract ourselves, which is actually a very valid tool. And one we're taught in dialectical behavior therapy, um, because there's a lot of creativity and uh, playfulness um, and sort of bird's eye vision that we can access this month um, and until sort of the middle of the month while we're in Sagittarius. And so yes, Capricorn can bring a heavier energy, a more sort of isolated lone wolf type attitude. And it's also likely that others will be feeling this as well. So it can sort of compound on our experience, you know, well, I wanna hang out, you know, but you know, X or Y, what are they doing? Why aren't they coming out of their shells, right? Um, but alternatively, this eclipse in the new moon cycle is a very creative one. So, you know, if we do feel sort of locked in, um, you know, and it can also be the new um, restrictions, lockdowns, whatever it is, to pursue uh, artistic interests or to expand, you know, what we're reading, what we're watching, experiencing, because Sagittarius is about bounty, expansion, experience, and bigness. So widening your circle, seeking knowledge, and bringing knowledge out into the world and to others. You know, it's the archer that 
shoots his arrow towards the goal and then, you know, he gets lost along the way and all the beauty and the details, you know, and the secrets of the landscape or the forest, whatever he's traveling through, right? And the pleasure of that, the inherent pleasure um, of sort of distraction and the long way, the scenic route. Um, and, you know, Sagittarius likes to see the world sing, yes? The details move, the cells come alive and speak. And he's also having it about having it all at once. So both horse and man, he's another dual sign like Capricorn, you know, bestial and human. And, you know, the most rock star, like I think of the signs. Um, and so the last important message with Sagittarius is actually adaptability because it is a mutable fire sign, you know? So at his worst, Yes, he thinks he has access to all the knowledge and he's the arbiter in his ivory tower. But really at his best, um, uh, yes, he is goal-oriented um, and wise um, and, you know, oriented in a particular uh, strong direction like other fire signs, but adaptable as well. So astrologer Kelly Surtees uh, summarizes this very well. He's sort of like a bushfire. Um, you know, expansive, unpredictable, and able to go with the wind. So right now it's an important lesson because, you know, we have these constant frustrations, restrictions. Um, and so, you know, it's a call to adapt to changes. Um, and, you know, whatever changes do arise to really put our whole heart into it. You know, and that adaptability is very important for psychic change because it doesn't happen unless we're ready to, you know, build these new neural pathways and go there again and again, uh, sort of branch from, you know, those old habits, um, old trips down the same triggering paths, you know, um, to be open to the new directions that come up. Um, so I would say it's sort of the injunction to be wide open to change, um, but with all your heart, right? So you're on a date with someone new, you know, be, be there fully. Um, you know, you've had to change your routine. Um, you know, you've had to stay home for longer um, for whatever reason, you know, really sort of experience what's there with um, your full heart. Um, so yeah, there will be obstacles to this, but then Mars moves into Sagittarius on December 13. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, Venus becomes exactly conjunct Pluto then. So there is a heightening of those fears, but it's the time when we also begin to release and, um, you know, working on releasing those fears is good, you know, for this whole time. Um, with plenty of slowing down and coming back to one's body. So the motto would be, you know, ground and push, you know, ground yourself and then push yourself as you can go. Um, and then I think finally, I'll leave you um, with some last words from the singer songwriter, Tom Waits, who is to me the most beautiful and perfect encapsulation of Sagittarius. Um, and sort of speaks a lot to this openness to change and adaptability aspect. Um, 
So the lines are, uh, the face forgives the mirror, the worm forgives the plow, the question begs the answer, can you forgive me somehow? Maybe when our story's over, we'll go where it's always spring. The band is playing our song again, and all the world, world is green. That's it from me. Wow, thank you. It's so good to have a bit of poetry in the room. It's so lovely. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So just to, like one of the things that I wanted to pick up there from what Sebastian's um, talking about is this Venus and Pluto, because it's super important, right, to um, understand this, this Venus and Pluto transit, um, transit. So Pluto is in Capricorn, right, and it's been there since 2008, which famously we remember for the you know, economic meltdown that we had. So Venus, uh, sorry, Pluto in Capricorn is going to be there for another couple of years. So it'll have done like 15, 16 years in the sign, um, uprooting all things Capricorn, such as governments, banks, administration, anywhere where money and paper flies, like big corporates, all of that. It's really the accountancy systems, right? So we had a financial breakdown. We're having government breakdowns, corporations, the bank you know, breaking down, corporations can't find people to work for them, uh, they're going broke, um, they're stopped, you know, all sorts of things. They can't even get a product from one country to another at the moment, right? So the whole, <laughs> well, the whole system is breaking down. And this is Pluto, you know, absolutely destroying, right? That's what it does in order, not just for punishment, but just in order for it to clean out all of these things. So it's going to go past the Pluto of the United States next year. And the Pluto for the United States is 26, 27 degrees Capricorn. And currently Pluto is on about 24, 25 degrees Capricorn, which already means it's having an impact on the United States. Once it gets uh, over the next couple of months, we'll see even more upheavals in the United States than we already have seen in the past year or two, right? It's getting closer and closer. So the last two years have only just prepared us for the next year to come. So we things. Uh, when Venus goes past it, which is what Sebastian was talking to, it 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 is about love, but it's also about value because it also has to do with our financial systems. So again, we'll see an uprooting of financial systems, an up cleansing out of the banks, the the, the kind of the, the New York City stuff, and um, the LA kind of high tech stuff, the LA's. Well, you could guess you could say media world at the moment's going to you know probably go through something what else is big and corporate in the United States um, Hollywood for example um, and all sorts of things that are lurking in there what else is secret CIA FBI all of that all of the things that are lurking and horrible and icky in those systems now here in Europe we've been through it many times our countries are a thousand years old so we've been through it four times right every 248 years we go through it but Nicole and I have seen many. <laughs> right? James Ingersoll, right? And he's about to go through his first one unless he comes and lives in Europe, right? So uh, so here, what we see is one of our youngest countries, but nevertheless, most influential in the world, about to go through kind of its neurotic collapse, 
in order to rebuild. But Pluto doesn't really rebuild, rebuild, it just cleans the space. And basically the humans in that area have to do the work on rebuilding it. Now, to give you a more recent example, the sun of Britain um, is also in Capricorn. The sun represents how I shine in the world, right? As a country. And Pluto went past the sun of Britain in 2014, 2015, and that's when it got Brexit. And now mate, that country can barely get a piece of mail from Britain to Europe without it taking like weeks. So this is five or six years later. We, if you know the story of Brexit, it took years to get past it, four or five years with no houses being built, no hospitals being built, all the government consumed into getting this Brexit deal done that really didn't make much difference, only just put Britain, you know, somewhere in a, you know, unknown territory. So really, and now they're rebuilding something in the middle of a crisis. So you can see like how Pluto kind of comes in and really hits something. So, you know, this is what's going to happen next year. And we've seen a sample with the Pandora's paper. Uh, things coming out of the government, the government not being able to work properly and not function properly, it can't get bills through, and so on and so on and so on, right? And as it gets closer, we will see more impact. So here we really need to, as again, as Sebastian is saying, not only know that love, uh, but also value, right? This is what the Venus is preparing us for as it transits past Pluto, that you must know only how much you love yourself, slightly different question, how much do you value yourself? Because that's the kind of energies that will help us through the up and down turmoil. Because also we have Uranus in Taurus, which is also destabilizing systems, particularly financial. So um, this is probably the year ahead. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to have any really great big answers. There's no fire in the... So we have no new inspirations, no new ideas, no new creativity. It's all of that, right, continually. So here we were, as he's talking to, we're going to go through love hurts, right? Love hurts, which is then also my values about what I thought were of value to me will be of pain because that's what Pluto does. It makes out the pain of something that shows you where you're hurting, right? And then it heals it for you. So over the next few months, we're going to go through also that love hurts in order to heal sensation. As, as Sebastian is talking to you, being in Capricorn, it means this is how it really is, right? This is what it's going to really feel like because Capricorn is so uh, nothing to do with any fluff. It's exactly how it is. This is what you really see. This is how it's really hurting you. And this is how you're taking yourself into situations where you're being hurt by the things that you do. That's what Saturn will tell you. And this is what you've got to change, right? So there's no more pointing fingers in this area. Now, I'm gonna point a finger. <laughs> I'm gonna point a finger at Nicole because it's her time to talk. All right, thank you, Nicole. Thank you very much. So everyone is now depressed, the seven remaining people listening to us. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Thank you. That's so easy. <laughs> what a stage I received. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I know. Uh, 
bringing the sun back into the room. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like pitch black darkness. Everyone will die. Everything will shed. And now Nicole, let's do it. <laughs> do something about it. <laughs> All right then. Uh, let me try to give you some of the uh, light back into your uh, consciousness and your life um, from my little insights. Um, um, I personally love, I'm not an astrologer for all of you that are still remaining here. Um, I'm a light worker today because I have to be, no, I'm not. Um, what I do is, um, I'm, I'm a healer, I'm a trauma therapist and I work with people, but um, my insights will be more coming from the Kundalini yoga um, logic than uh, only from from my work as a healer and as a as a high frequency medium. So in I personally love December. I love the lights in the cities. I love the Christmas trees. I love the family gatherings. I love someone is throwing up. I know, but don't worry about that. I I'm a big fan of that. But um I'm I'm coming from from a very uh, healthy family background, so it's really easy for me to love those times. And I know for most of the people, it's a very difficult time, especially leading up with November and December, the darkness here in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. Um, for many, many people, it's a very difficult time. And that is explained also by the fact that we're having the winter solstice in December. It's um, December 21st, where um, the sun is at its lowest point and it's um, coming back um, in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's the darkest night of the year. And this darkest night of the year, what it does, it means it, the, the, the sun energy is at its lowest angle in the Northern Hemisphere. So in, in Kundalini Yoga, we, the sun is called the Ra energy. The, 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 the Ra energy is the, the, the inner sun energy that is brought up. And what it's really interesting um, is um, we, we, as humans, we do um, maneuver ourselves through time and space in, on this planet Earth with longitude and latitude, with um, uh, horizontal and diagonal energies. That's what we usually do on this planet Earth. And on this 21st of December, what the, what there is is there is an access to a higher frequency energy field with a 60 degree angle because the sun is bringing in the 60 degree angle and that's how we can harness some higher vibrational energies for the next um, 90 days until spring equinox to to build something really important so if i would give you something for this month um that you could like really like have a, a, a deep dive into positive, great, amazing energies. I would tell you to take the 21st of December, um, a, a, an hour or something, and um, really do something with the number 60 or six, the, the, the 60 degree angle. Like, we in Kundalini Yoga, we hold our hands in 60 degrees angle up like little Hitlers. And we're doing that for like 31 minutes. And um, I, I don't know if that's for everyone, but 
it's really, really beneficial because what you have to do is you have to understand your physical body has an auric field around it. And the physical body and the auric field, there it's a magnetic um, uh, construction. And your soul is is within this physical body maneuvering itself around through planets uh, earth and what we want to do and that what's that, that that's all we everybody speaks about that's all astrology is about that's all all intuitives are about that's like all is about how can i have a better experience in this lifetime of myself that's what we do so if you can do on the 21st of uh, December, something special for yourself. And only if it's only a three minute thing where you sit in the morning and you're like connecting yourself, your consciousness with the sun and you're setting this, letting the sun, like we have an inner sun, the, 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 the sun within us, connecting yourself in your thoughts and your, your, your heart. To, towards the sun and really like feeling the 60 degree angle touching your body and your um, auric field then I would feel you you would harness a lot for the next 90 days where the earth will die as <laughs> matches told us everything will be very pitch black and dark but you know exactly that you're having the connection to the sun and therefore you're not lost because you're the light in the darkness and that's what we want to be like that's what at least that's what I want to do I want to be a beacon of light for everyone around me so people can like they have something positive to feel when they're when they're reading from me when they're seeing myself like hearing it like your voice is vibrating um light codes and your 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 pure being so connect to the in this 60 degree angle if you want do some kundalini yoga yeah, there's plenty online courses um and like get yourself a day where you're really like looking for that sun within you so you maneuver yourself around for your loved ones and um I would like to speak a little, usually I do meditations here, and, um, but I would like to speak a little prayer uh, for the room and for you all here in the room. And it's a prayer that we're always using in Kundalini Yoga to end each class. And um, the prayer goes as follows. May the long time sun shine upon you and all love surround you. And the pure light within you, guide your way on, guide your way on, guide your way on. Satna, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Nicole, that was lovely. I feel much chirpier hearing you than me. <laughs> and so thank you for bringing us up and making the end of it much more light filled and uh, we hope that everybody here who was joining us for the last hour also um, really got some insights and some clarity and then can take their own forward so just to bear in mind that this is a little bit of a heavier month I made it probably sound <laughs> like the end of the world, but it's just a little bit heavier, really. So we need to push a little bit more. But the next month we have Aquarius, so we'll be flying high again. All right. 
Thank you very much, Sebastian. Thank you, dear James. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Nicole, for joining us. Thank you um, to the crew below who've come to hear us and those people that came in and out, and also to those people that will hear us on the replay over the next month. Um, and joining us on the podcast replay thank you everybody have a great time just again that website to catch the podcast is the cosmiccollaboration.com and that podcast will be up in the next few days you can check out nicole's website la.vision which has a host of tools like that you can join and it has meditation courses yoga courses it's got things for pregnant women it's well, not pregnant women obviously uh, <laughs> yes i haven't got that far yet um and all sorts of tools you can use all right good night everybody and thank you very much bye thank you for tuning in the cosmic collaboration podcast follow us on all the socials and if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our podcast and like comment and share if you feel inclined to thanks again for listening see you next time